Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello, dear listener. It's Caitlin from Ragamuffin Pet Photography here, and I am just jumping into the podcast really quickly before we dive into our fabulous final episode for season three of the Pet Photographers Club because we have a very exciting announcement to make. So Kirsty and I have been working furiously behind the scenes to put this top secret project together and we're absolutely thrilled to finally, finally be able to tell you all about it. You have no idea how hard it's been not to like mention it in the members group or say it to any of my students. I'm like, oh, I know this is coming. And yes, anyway, very, very excited. It's been so wonderful to see the pet photography industry growing and thriving, particularly over the last decade. And we really believe, I'm sure you do too, that as an industry and as a profession and pet photography is really coming into its own. Honestly, we're all in this because we love what we do and how could we not? We're celebrating the joy that animals bring to the lives of people all around the world and we're doing that by creating gorgeous art that will live on and continue to be cherished long after the pets have said their final goodbyes. It's not an easy job to do, although Kirsty and I hope that our humble little podcast helps you rock the business side of things, but even though it's not easy, you better believe it is the best job in the world. So... What better way to celebrate how far we've all come than this? Drum roll, please. No one's got a drum here. Da, da, da. The inaugural International Pet Photographer of the Year competition. That's right. For the first time in history, there is going to be a worldwide competition for pet photographers by pet photographers. Kirstie and I have been dreaming about this for years and it's finally happening. So let me give you the rundown. We have an international all-star panel of judges, including the incredible businesswoman Nicole Bagley, the talented natural light photographer Charlotte Reeves, and genius in the studio Andreas Romain. We have thousands of dollars in prizes. We have five different categories, action, pets and their people, portraiture, fine art series and emerging photographer and everyone who enters has a chance to win the title of the 2019 international pet photographer of the year which oh my goodness how good would that look in your business are you excited i'm excited so entries for the competition open on july 1st and close on july 22nd this year that's right so it's like if you're listening to this Today, right now, when we've gone live, it's about two weeks' time. It's coming up, guys. But you can sign up on the website right now so you get notified as soon as those entries do open. Entries are totally free, by the way. This is the Pet Photographers Club way of celebrating and giving back to you, our incredible listeners, and to our fellow photographers. And honestly, we're really honored to be able to do that. So yeah, entries are totally free loads of awesome prizes um, and you get a chance to be judged by the top pet photographers in the world and of course you get a chance to become the 2019 international pet photographer of the year as with all competitions you got to be in it to win it guys so yeah definitely start thinking about what sort of photos you might want to enter and head on over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash awards so that you can sign up today. As I mentioned before, entries are only open for those three weeks. So you don't want to miss that window, but we will keep you updated with all the details and how to enter and everything on the 1st of July. Okay, so that's our exciting news. Oh, I can't believe we're actually telling you guys about this now. And yeah, can't wait to keep you updated on the podcast. And if you're a member, um, 
We'll chat about that in the members group and we'll give you some, you know, hints and tips with what you should be entering, that sort of thing. If you're not a member yet, as always, you can join us. It's only $10 a month and it's the Pet Photographers Club dot com forward slash join so you get that whole little private facebook group and we have the deep dives that we do about every two weeks so back on to the awards very excited about it i'm sure you guys are too and yeah we'll keep you updated okay now onto the show it is a fabulous one full of lots of really tangible actionable advice for you guys so without further ado that's it onto the show Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty of Bits of Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have an awesome interview to wrap up season three of the Pet Photographers Club and our first repeat guest to the show. Our guest today is a wealth of knowledge who you may know from season one, episode one of the podcast. And we're so glad to have her back on the show so we can dive deeper into the business of pet photography. She's the founder of the online community that we all know and love, the Hair of the Dog Blog, and created behind the online education membership site for pet photographers at the Hair of the Dog Academy. Welcome back to the show, Nicole Bagley. Oh, thanks ladies for having me back. It's so nice to be here again. Yay, we're so glad to have you back and we're really excited to dive even deeper into like the nitty gritty of everything. I think if, if anyone wants like a background gist of um, Nicole's business and how she grew up and everything like that, definitely listen to season one, episode one, and you'll get like a really good insight there. But yeah, as we just said, Nicole knows all of her shit so um it'll be really good to dive deeper into some topics today i am a big numbers nerd (laughs) yes i love that to get real geeky together just in case anyone isn't aware of who you are i guess maybe could you give us a little bit of a background and then we'll get geeky absolutely yeah i'm a zoological animal trainer turned pet photographer i've been running my photography business for, oh gosh, 10 years now, which just blows my mind. Um, <laughs> I started out actually as families and pets, but then went strictly pets about, oh gosh, probably four or five years ago now. Um, and yeah, and then I created a hair of the dog community. Oh gosh, I'm not even sure, maybe six years ago and really it started as just a place to share. And now it's grown bigger than I had ever imagined. <laughs> yeah it's huge it really is the it's the place the forum to go if you're a pet photographer if there is anyone listening on here who hasn't joined yet it's a free facebook community and everyone on there is really helpful and really great so um definitely pop over basically every pet photographer in the world it feels like (laughs) for sure get involved with the other eight Wow, We were having a bit of a chat before we went live and uh, saying that it would be great to share a bit of your insight into uh, reservation fee over session fee type thing, which um, if you guys are thinking that sounds familiar, Katie and I did discuss that in a deep dive uh, last season, I believe it was. Um, so jump back and have a look at that if you want, but uh, we really wanted to get uh, Nicole's perspective of that as well and you know this is something that she teaches in that um, course too so um, be quite interesting to get a little snippet of what it is that you would share with your um, yeah with your absolutely um, I like many started out my business with a straight session fee 
that range from, oh, it depends, like $49 for mini sessions to, I think at the highest, it was only really ever $175. I never had a really high session fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as you start to think about what, what pauses or makes my potential clients, um, you know, not book, what potential objections do they have? And of course we know the regular ones. We know the, my dog would never do that. My dog would never behave. My dog has to be on leash. So those are all super important things that we need to address on our website. Like before anyone even inquires, because otherwise they're not going to inquire because they're just going to assume there's no way their dog can get photos with you because their dog's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was also thinking, okay, so I address those objections, but what other potential objections do people have? How can I make it easier for people to say yes to do business with me? And one of the things I thought about was, why don't I take this reservation retainer and or the session fee and turn it into a reservation retainer, which is just a fancy way of saying it becomes a product credit that can go towards anything that they want um, after the session. So I tell them it magically transforms into a product credit um, at our sales sessions, and they can use it to purchase any of the custom art that I sell from wall art to albums, prints, digital files, all that good stuff. Um, and I found that it was just really, really helpful because even if people, you know, you, you put on your website, okay, here's my session fee for my time and talent. See that so many times. And that's not... Like, to put it quite frankly, your client doesn't care about yeah. the time. They want to know what's in it for them. <laughs> and so I think there's this subconscious thing that they sometimes have that they're, they're like, what do I get for that? I mean, mm-hmm. you know that they get your time to do the session and, um, you know, and, and all of that. But it doesn't really equate because the, what are they getting? Um, so I felt like this was an easier way for them to say yes <laughs> and an easier way to stand apart from my competition and, and just offer pricing in a little bit of a different way um, that people might be more inclined to say yes more quickly. And how long ago did you switch it, Nicole? Um, it's been a year and a half now. All right. And yeah. obviously you've kept it, so it's yes. working. Yeah. I found that my, I don't have like hard and fast, like 20% increase in conversions. <laughs> I wish I oh. kept all those I mean, numbers. there's so many other factors, isn't there? It'd be like very difficult to pinpoint, but it's definitely just that. Yeah. Yeah. But it has made a big difference in the number of people, the number of my inquiries that will actually move into booking a session. Even now that I've moved markets, because it was kind of skewed a little bit because I had started at the beginning of the year, but then it was only a couple months last year into that new pricing structure where I said, Hey, market, I'm moving. <laughs> so if you guys want a quick way to fill up your calendar, tell everyone you're moving, but then you might actually have to go through with it. But, um, <laughs> so I, I know I had a lot more of conversions because of that. But now even in my new market, um, I find that people that are inquiring with me are just pretty quick to, to make that, that leap into actually booking a session. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons. Of course, there's so many other reasons. And there's a couple of potential pitfalls that I definitely want to talk to you guys about if people are thinking about doing this or testing this out so that they're not like, you know, losing the farm and making sure they're still profitable. <laughs> I right. think that would be the number one concern on, on any photographer who was 
considering this was, um, am I, you know, then locking in the client, for example, to, I don't know, say it's a $400 reservation fee. Do they then come in thinking I'm going to spend that $400? Is it difficult to upsell them from there? Oh yeah. That's a great point. Um, no, it's not. And it depends though. I think it's really, really critical on what you have for your education process and your inquiry. So it's absolutely critical that you are, as soon as they call and um, you start talking to them, or even if you do it over email or however you're doing it, your first conversation with them needs to be, this is my one sentence that I say to every single client. And I recommend all of you guys say to every single client is how, um, how do you intend to display your images or have you given any thought to how you want to display your images? And usually they don't know if they say, Oh, my friend did wall art. I want to do that. That's great. Book them right now. (laughs) But usually, (laughs) usually they're not sure. So that opens the door for us to start to create a conversation on, okay, well, this is what I do. I, specialized in custom wall art and beautiful custom albums. Most clients tend to do something for their wall and many add on an album. Of course, prints and digital files are often added on as well. And then you can start talking a little bit about your pricing. Um, I usually say most clients spend at least a thousand dollars on their products, um, Mm -hmm. which I have found is kind of a good a good ballpark because I don't want to actually tell them my session average because, um, it's $2,800 and they would be like, thank you. Um, because (laughs) anywhere near there. So I've come up with that thousand dollar number because it's enough that it weeds out the people that are looking for everything for nothing. Um, but it's also high enough that if they're going to entertain that, they're, they're a decent client. And honestly, if they came in and only spent a thousand dollars, it would still be, a, it would still be a fine sale. It's still worth my time to do the session. Um, so that's why I choose that number. And it's also a number that if you look at my price list, they can get something, they can get like a small wall piece and maybe like a little album block or a couple prints. Like they're not going to walk away with like feeling like they left everything on the table. I mean, they still, probably kind of would, but they, they can walk away spending a thousand dollars and not being, um, frustrated by it. Because I think that's a really important thing to put yourself in your client's shoes and make sure the number you're throwing out there is not so low that they really can't buy anything for it. Um, you know, just so that they, if they were to spend that, that it is a a reasonable amount that they could spend and get, you know, one or two things. And I guess if you had, say, a $500 reservation fee, they're actually coming in and spending $500. Right. Right, right. Because yeah. uh, often money spent is money forgotten. So by the time they come in, yeah. they've forgotten they've already spent 500 and then they've only got to spend another 500 to get, you know, something. Yep. And then it's not that much bigger a step to be like, oh, and for another $500 – which is still only a thousand dollars that you were coming in to spend, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, it really just goes down to the education process of talking about your products, showing your products on the website. Um, I send them a full product guide uh, when they inquire, so I want them to see all of my pricing. I don't want any surprises in the sales room. That's just awkward for everybody, um, and so they have plenty of chances to see that and. You know, and then they start to see too, oh, I'm probably going to spend more than a thousand dollars, but 
you know, they're, they have that at that, by that point, they've already started to like fall in love with my work and me and my process. So they're okay then like, Oh, I'll spend a little bit more. I think there was a study and I don't know what study and the exact part. So we're going to butcher it. But basically it says something in the fact that people will spend two to three times what they initially think they're going to spend from anything. So if they say, Oh yes, to a thousand dollars, they can potentially spend up to $3,000. No problem. Um, so it's all again about that, that education process, which is so critical for, you know, for all of the sessions, whether they're, um, I have many, many sessions, which are artisan sessions, which we could talk about that in a second. And then I have my signature sessions, which those are the ones that are $500 reservation retainer. Um, my artisan sessions are $49 reservation retainer, which a lot of times I get the question, Oh my gosh, Nicole, how can you do that? What, what if they like just spend that they're coming in, like expecting everything to be really, really inexpensive, but they're not though, because I'm still going through the same educational process with them, except for that session. I tell them most people spend $500, at least $500 on products. Um, and the thing that makes those sessions different is that they're shorter so that they um, only last about half an hour instead of like an hour and a half. And they result in, I say, 10 to 20 images instead of 30 to 40. So they have, it's great for people that maybe just want one wall piece or they have an older dog that we're not going to get the variety of a whole session. Um, you know, a lot of different options. Or sometimes people want to do maybe a couple smaller sessions at different locations. Um, so my artisan sessions are very much in a box that I create. <laughs> so in order to get on my calendar at that price point, um, you know, you're playing in my sandbox. It's going to be on certain days at certain locations, and I'm going to shoot two or three sessions in a row. So that way it's still worthwhile for me because my averages on those sessions are about $1,400. Um, so when you do two or three of those, ah, that's great. It's fine. The The big part is like, getting in my car, driving down there. So to shoot two in a row, it really doesn't feel like any more work than doing, um, you know, one regular session. So that actually works really, really well for me. Um, and you know, there's nothing on my product guide that's $49. So they're going to end up spending more money. And, um, and really, truly, even though I have some like extras, I call them on my product guide, which are like little mini mount five by sevens, like little things for desks, desks or acrylic blocks or like a really pretty brass frame, like the little single kind of desk artwork um, that people often add on. I have knock on wood, never had anyone come to me and just purchase that. They're always getting either something for the wall or an album or at least an album block, which is a group of 10. Um, so, and I, I, I have to attribute that I think to the education process of how I, talk to them at the beginning and, and get them prepared for what a session entails so they can make a decision if I'm the right fit for them. One other potential pitfall that I want people to avoid before I forget about it, <laughs> if they wanted to try this reservation retainer thing, um, and that is you need to make sure that your pricing is profitable, which is at a maximum 25% cost of goods sold, which is usually taking your products and time um, upcharging them times four. So like a 400% upcharge. So if it's 
a piece of wall art that's $100 and you're selling that for at least $400. Um, otherwise, you're going to really struggle to make a profit. And one of the other pieces of that is I see so many people making the mistake of their albums of saying, oh, this little 8x8 album cost me $125, so I can do that times four and sell it for $500. Well, not really, though, because there's so much time to create an album because you have to edit all those images and you can design it. You can design it really quickly with like smart albums or something like that, but you're still editing all of those images and your clients are getting a ton of images. So there's value there. So my kind of rule of thumb for most albums is that it really should be like times 10. Um, so that mm-hmm. you have plenty of time built in there. Uh, you know, there's not quite as much time if you're editing just one image for a wall. So those are easier to do kind of times four to um, stay in that kind of profitable cost of goods. So cost of goods sold zone. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I just want to make sure people look out for that because you don't have that little gravy of your obsession fee anymore. Uh, if you're going to mission retainer. Just while we're on pricing then, um, do you have any tips? Uh, I know you just said times by four, but for product ranges, you know, like, um, you know, do you ever suggest try to keep it to a minimum or sell every product type that you want and, and, you know, how to price them alongside each other so that it's not so confusing and overwhelming for the client? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you want to set it up in a way that it can look as easy and as clutter free as possible. And you don't want to like ever show a gazillion numbers because people will just turn off and be like, this is way too complicated. I don't know how much I'm going to spend. I'm just not mm-hmm. going to do anything with this right now. So I like to do like my wall art in basically like five sizes, like up to 11 by 14, up to 16 by 24, up by 20 to 30, 30 by 40, 40 by 60. So and I don't list 8,000 sizes. It's five sizes. And I really try to only have three price points. Like you can have a couple extra finishes, but... I only want three price points in my wall art at the max. And I have three price points for my albums. Um, And I find that the three price points works really, really well because it leads people towards the middle. Um, Because like for the album, for instance, I have a little like five by five album with 10 images. It's one image per page. So there's no like design time. It's limited the number of images they can have. And I sell that for $5.99. And then my middle album is $15.99, but it can include all of the images from your session. And, you know, depending on how many there are, I might add a couple extra, um, you know, extra pages. And um, that album, it tends to be my most popular for two reasons, because they can have all their images. So they're like, oh, I don't have to make a decision here. I get to keep all of them in here. And... I'm selling it and showing it next to a $3,000 album. Do people buy my $3,000 album? Once in a very blue moon. Um, But it's not really there even necessarily to be sold. It's there to price anchor that $1,500 album. So people are like, oh, that one looks really great. That one's the one that I'll choose. Because if you just had the $599 and the $1,599, then people might be like, oh, gosh, that's really expensive. But when they see that $3,000 one too, they're like, oh, well, this one's in the middle. We'll go with that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And do you use packages or you sell everything a la carte? No, I do kind of a create your own collection. Gotcha. I've been playing with that a little bit. I've tweaked it a little bit this year. Um I mean, I literally just tweaked it like a month or two ago. So I don't have um, 
much data on it yet. But in the past, I had done, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was choose at least one signature art product, which is either a 16 by 24 or larger wall piece or um, an 8 by 8 or larger album. Um, And then add two additional items. So that can be like a little acrylic block. It could be a digital file package. It can be, you know, a print Mm -hmm. or, I mean, um, an album, you know, anything like that. And then they'd save 25% on everything. Um, This year, I've changed it a little bit for two reasons. Number one, my market here in Charlotte's a little bit younger. So they're a little bit more interested in digital files than my market in Pittsburgh was. Um, And... I was thinking, I'm like, how can I, because the challenge with having that 25% off of everything is then you really need to up the pricing of your like wall art and albums um, to make up for that, for that discount, which can be a little um, scary when you're sending your prices out to potential clients. So I've changed it a little bit in that now it is, um, it's purchased if they purchase uh, either an album or a wall piece, 16 by 24 or larger, 8 by 8 or larger, and they want to add on digital files, they can save 40% off my digital file packages. Or if they wanted to do a um, wall piece and an album, then they save 75% on my digital files. So then the digital files become like a no-brainer. And then it just becomes like a nice little, like, oh, nice little gravy for my sale. Um So I'm super excited about that new pricing structure, but I really love that create your own collections. That way you can also talk to your clients about, you know, that I don't have preset collections. We can, we can really create exactly what you love and what you want. Um, So I think that works really well. I did do collections for a while and they were great too. I found the one awesome trick for that, that I really loved is instead of saying this collection includes a 16 by 24 canvas, I did this collection includes a $500 wall art credit. So they could use it to any size, any finish. And if they ended up doing like a piece of wall art that costs a thousand dollars, I just added that $500 onto the collection price. So uh, it yes. worked really well to still give people flexibility because everybody's wall art was always different because everyone's mm-hmm. home is different. Mm-hmm. So I found that worked really well. Let's let's dive back into the client education process that you were mentioning before, yeah. sort of on inquiry. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Um, so I used to be a huge, huge believer in you have to call your clients. You have to call your clients. I was preaching to all my students, you have to call your clients. You have to get on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. Because people want to make a connection with you because this business is so personal. However, I've changed my tune a little bit for numerous reasons. Well, number one, it's 2019 and things are changing. People are hating their phones more than often. Our target market continues to be a little bit younger um, and also hates phones even more than like our age. (laughs) Um, So, but you still, the, the key for an inquiry process to work, to get that no like, and trust factor from your client to really kind of fall in love with you because they might love your work, but then they also need to like you because you're going to spend a lot of time with them is, um, instead you could do some video. So I'm actually in the process right now of 
making a video recording that's basically when somebody inquires my website, it's going to go to a separate little page and it's just going to be me and Zoe and maybe Emma, if she'll cooperate. I can introduce <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so I want to just make a little video where, you know, just use your phone. Super simple. Put it in earbuds if you need to. If you don't have a microphone, no problem. And just say, hey, I'm Nicole. Thanks so much for inquiring. I would love to meet your furry family member or your dog. Talk about what you do, your business, how the process is, um, you know, what you specialize in. You can ask in the video. Um, you know, I would love to know how you're planning on displaying your images, um, you know, so that way when you actually get in touch with them, you, they know that question's coming. Um, and then that allows them to know if they have a connection with you or not. And Mm -hmm. then they, you know, and if they do, they're going to be even more vested in like wanting to work with you. So when you then, you know, email them and you start the conversation with them, you know, and you can ask them too, if they prefer phone or email, I found that I do that a lot now too. And so that way I can get in touch with them the way they, they prefer to communicate. And I think that is a, a super helpful way to also move more inquiries into actual bookings um, because people just have more of a connection with you. I think that is an awesome tip. It feels like it goes hand in hand with the way that social media is moving now. You kind of, you, you have to just bite the bullet and put yourself out there because that's the way that your clients are going to start trusting you. Even though it is really scary, it's worth doing. And I love the idea of having that on actually on your inquiry page. I'm definitely going to be implementing that. So thank you yeah. for that <laughs> little, yeah. that little tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you have that little introduction there. You yeah. have a client, um, therefore inquires. Yeah. And then I said, then I have a, like a PDF, an inquiry PDF. So I let them know that, um, Emma is my office assistant. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> then they know it's automated. So anything mm. that's automated, I say that Emma does it. Um, gotcha. <laughs> because, you know, they get it right away because people don't want to wait. They, they want information and they want it now. So if you, yep. know, you can automate those things, Super, super helpful. But anyway, so they get an email from Emma. It lets them know that I'll be in touch. Um, and, you know, and I can even say that in the video that, hey, you're going to be getting an email from Emma. Um, who's this little cat right here? <laughs> and, that, and that email will be a behind the scenes look into the studio and the experience and some of the artwork we can create from our session. So the inquiry guide is really just going to be beautiful pictures. Um, hitting on those objections of my dog is too crazy and my dog has to be on leash. Um, which you also need to have on your website because otherwise you never even get to the inquiry. Um, and then I talk a little bit about my pricing. I don't do all my pricing. I just talk about my reservation retainer and my create your own collection. And I show some artwork in it. Um, and then I talk about the session and the process. Um, and that's really it. And then I just let them know that I'm going to be in touch with them. So then um, b- based on whether they prefer me to email them or call them, I will do that either one. And I'll just start a conversation with them. And, you know, and it always starts with <laughs> after some pleasantries and asking about their their pet that, you know, have you given any thought to how you want to display the images from your session? And then explaining what I offer, how I do that a little bit of a price point. And at that point, I will give them a product guide as well so they can see all of those um, details in there. Um, 
And then, yeah, just ask them, you know, I have a link that goes into, I use Dubsado for my studio management software. So I have a link that if they're ready to um, move forward and book a session that they can click that link and get started with the booking process. And do you find, um, does the education process take longer because you, most people would be used to the session fee structure. So you then sort of have to explain the reservation fee or is that pretty easy? Not really. It seems to be pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people have, most people have not asked me any questions about it. So I'm assuming they understand it. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) You know, you know what I reckon? Like we, uh, as photographers are used to the session fee, but the client often, I don't know if you have the same thing, Nicole, but I know Caitlin and I have spoken about this before as well, that, um, a lot of our clients are, it's their first professional photography experience ever, especially if they like for young clients, um, other than maybe if they're a bit older and they've been and they're married, but booking a wedding photographer versus booking a portrait photographer Mm -hmm. is very different. And so if you've never done it before, then you don't know what to expect. You don't know that there's a session fee or reservation fee or whatever. And I actually found I had more questions when I was when I was doing the session fee. So people would be like, oh, so what does that get me? Like you were touching on earlier, Nicole. Whereas a reservation fee just makes sense. Like, oh, this locks your date in the calendar and then that gets taken off whatever you want to Yeah, because so many people offer, like they see so many people that the session's $350 and includes all their digitals. So when you have a session fee, they're thinking, or even worse is when they just assume that their session Mm. fee includes the digitals and they're like, oh, nothing was included in that, which, um, you know, could be a really awkward situation for everyone. So, yeah. Presumably, um, so you've got a $500 reservation fee. I'm assuming that is higher than what your session fee used to be. Yep. Yeah. It used to be 175. But you, oh, that's right. You did mention that. Sorry. Um, But you haven't seen any sort of pushback. No, I am curious. I might test it at like $2.99 just Mm -hmm. to see. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been good. Um, But yeah, I might test it just to see if that gets like increases my inquiries. Actually, I don't even know if I have that on my website. I think I do. Actually, no, I know I do. I have the the reservation retainer on my website, so I might might play with that and see if that increases my inquiry rate. Nicole, I haven't. I can't give you any information about yeah. five hundred point, but I can tell you from experience that uh, I've tried fifty, a hundred, and two hundred, and between the fifty and the hundred, there has not been any difference with people's yep. reaction at all. Um, and I would have thought like 50 bucks, everyone would be like, eh, yeah, no worries. It's 50 bucks, a hundred. Once you're into the hundreds, whether it's 100, 200, 500, I think people are like, oh, okay, this is serious, but I take it for real. I'd, I don't know if I would be game enough to say, give me right, 500 right. bucks up front. Um, only because sometimes people have in their head, like, oh, I'll only spend $400 and yeah, then they come or, and spend. I think one of the other challenges with the higher one too, is even though I tell them, you know, if. It, that it's, it's fully refundable. That's I have a hundred percent set. I was about to so, ask that. Um, you know, if they don't love their images or products, whatever, it's fully refundable. But they have this thing in the back of their head where they still think like, oh, she's a really great photographer, 
but I still don't know if she's going to be able to work with my dog, even though I can yeah. her, so I'm blue in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they still might have that in the back of their head. And then even though it's refundable, they might be like, oh, gosh, but they don't want to be put in the awkward situation where they have to ask for the refund. So having that lower initial price point, like $299 or $300, I think would make it more likely that people would be willing to take the chance. Um yeah. So anyway, I want to test it out and see. That'll be our third, um, our third interview next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you started using video through social media at all? Um, just yeah, to kind of introduce it. Yeah, I do. It that I way. try. I mean, oh gosh, I'm not the best social media or, <laughs> but it is. It's gosh, it's so important. I mean, I do notice a big difference in the engagement of my account when I post a little bit more regularly, and I'm talking only like two or three times a week with an actual post. You don't need to post every single day, but I do try to do. Um, some stories more regularly. And I really try every session I'm at now to like, and I, most of the time I forget, but I try to get like a little video or a little picture of the dog or, you know, where we're at or a little behind the scenes, um, which I think is really important too. And you can do some behind the scenes, you know, even when you're sitting and editing a picture, do a quick Instagram story of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. with a leash, without a leash, you're hitting that objection of, Oh my dog can't be off leash. Um, you know, and things like that, or show like, you know, a dog running around crazy and (laughs) be like, Oh, we can photograph that too. I don't know, whatever. Just like, ways that you can connect with your audience just with the normal stuff you're doing anyway and even though we don't think it's interesting they do think it's interesting so it's important to remember that easier said than done though (laughs) yeah that's a good tip for instagram and you do have that um correct me if i'm wrong nicole but you've got a whole course on instagram for pet photographers don't you yeah yeah i do um i created that well tori mystic mostly created it i just added a couple Mm -hmm. of things here and there um, she's an Instagram expert, um, and she is also dog related, not photography. She has, um, uh, some other dog influencer business kind of things, but, um, yeah, so she created that course and it's, it's really helpful to just start to create a system <laughs> for Instagram, which, um, again, easier said than done, but it's, it breaks it down. So you like know what, what you need to focus on because it's just overwhelming. And I feel like so many times I've at least been there where it's just like, Oh gosh, I don't know what to post, but yeah, then you can start to create a strategy and then you feel like you're at least posting with intention. Um, and you're starting to use hashtags with intention and you know, like, Oh, stories can actually be useful for something, which was really hard for me too. Cause I'm not really, I've started to watch more stories now. Um, but I was never really into the stories. So you have to do stories. Like who watches these? But apparently a lot of people do. <laughs> so we should be doing yeah, this. Yeah, I think Mark Zuckerberg, um, was that the beginning of this year? I think it was the beginning of this year, um, was saying how they're now putting all their focus on Instagram and Facebook stories because like two or three times the amount of people watch stories rather than actually flick through their feed now. Um, I've probably butchered that stat as well, but it was something like that. It was a significant, I mean, for me, I I flick through stories. I don't flick through my feed very often these days. So I I can see that, but um, yeah, it is scary when you don't know where to start. So that's good that you have that, that out there. 
video, if you're not comfortable, because I know as photographers, a lot of us, even like sometimes getting my students to put a still photo of their face on their website and like, you must have this. They're like, oh, look, it's me behind the camera. I'm like, no, your client needs to see you. Um, (laughs) And I think video is really the future on social media, on our websites. Like I saw a stat again. This is the the butcher the stat show, right? <laughs> you guys get the gist of it. It was something like eighty percent of all content by like twenty twenty one is going to be consumed in video format online, mm-hmm. like all of it. Um, so start thinking about how you can create that video. You know, even creating a little behind the scenes on your website, like just and you don't have to go out and hire somebody to create something big and fancy. But just think about different ways that maybe you can have, you know, the video inquiry or, um, you know, like get your feet wet with just a 15 second story. Like you just hold down the button and you talk for just a couple seconds, like easy. You can delete it if you don't like it. Um, But then you can start to get a little bit more comfortable doing video because I think it's going to be really, really important as we move along. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Speaking of your courses and stuff and, and to wrap this up, do you want to give everyone, give us your spiel, give us your spiel on your academy because it's very exciting and everyone listening is into the business of pet photography. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I basically had an epiphany recently. I, I really, for a long time said, Mm, I don't really want to do membership sites. Uh, No, 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 never. Um, Never say never um, because it came to the point where there's so much information. My business course is so full of so much like incredible information to help so many pet photographers um, just to navigate the the perils and pitfalls of building a business because there's so many different decisions and you know, that we need to make and things we need to take care of that I wanted to be able to get that in the hands of more people. And one of the most um, impactful parts of my business course in the past has been the office hours where I do some live Q and A's. But then that would be like, you know, we do it for six or eight weeks and then it would be over. And so I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, how can I give people more support and get more people in to access this and like give them all the stuff that they need. So hence, We're creating a membership site, Hair of the Dog Academy, which will have um, all three of my um, flagship programs, which is the business of pet photography, post-processing for pet photography, as well as Instagram for pet photographers. (laughs) And um, then it's also going to have a monthly Q&A. We're going to be doing... um, once a week, a 15-minute one-to-one laser coaching session with me will be released. So students can um, apply for those and um, good juicy questions will get uh, get a one-to-one little 15-minute thing that will get shared with everybody. We're going to have monthly um, artist uh, shares. So like a, a monthly artist or a artist of the month um, that's going to share a little bit behind the scenes or from straight out of the camera to final edits. Um, in the Facebook group. And there's even going to be a uh, Tori mystic who created the Instagram course and Heather Lottenden who helped me create the post-processing course and um, a very special Australian photographer, Charlotte Reeves is all going to be involved in the um, Facebook group to help accountability and questions. And Charlotte's also going to be doing a monthly image critique where people can submit their images and it'll be anonymous. So no one has to like worry about getting like, 
harsh feedback that other people are going to see. So no one will know who took that picture unless you want to share. Um, so yeah, so I'm super excited about it because I think it's going to be an incredible way to help serve the pet photography community and like really just help people get some accountability and some support and be able to take some giant leaps forward for their craft and their business. So I can't wait. I think it sounds so exciting, so exciting. (laughs) And as this goes live, I believe um, enrollment is also live for for your course. There's um, the Founders Launch. It's going to be going on through June uh, 19th, which is Wednesday here in the States, um, midnight Eastern time. And um, so, yeah, so you can get into the Founders Aid. It'll be $39 a month. Um, And that's the lowest it's ever, ever going to be. And if you jump in as a founder, um, you will have that rate forever and ever and ever, as long as you're a member in good standing, no matter what the um, current rate goes up to. And there's going to be a pretty awesome little giveaway that one lucky new member is going to actually get upgraded for free lifetime membership. Wow. Oh, get on oh that, guys. God. And you know, that sounds like such a good price point as well. $39. Yeah, my, like Adobe InDesign subscription is more than that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll put links to that. Thank you again. And as always, for being so generous with everything that you know, Nicole, you are brilliant and it is so good to have you in the world of pet photography. I think you're really doing great things for everyone who's trying to learn and start up or even people that are already in their business to start changing things to make it work better for themselves. For example, definitely putting your video on my inquiry page. (laughs) So, um, yeah, thank you so much for everything that you do and thanks for coming back on the show. Well, thanks for having me, girls. It was um, fun as always. Can't wait to talk to you again. So that was the incredible Nicole Bagley from Hair of the Dog sharing, as she always does, so much wonderful content and education for you guys. Thanks for coming on, Nicole. And yes, if you're listening to this now, you can still enroll for her Hair of the Dog Academy, but doors do close at the end of the day on Wednesday, June 19th. Um, And then when enrollment opens again, you won't be able to get that founder's rate that she was talking about. I do recommend heading over to hairofthedogblog.com and she's got all of her information there. It looks amazing. It looks like there's just so much content in this academy. So um, yes, big, big round of applause to Nicole for putting this together for the pet photography industry. Speaking of Nicole, she is one of the judges in our panel for the International Pet Photographer of the Year competition that I mentioned at the start of this episode. So I guess you have two little bits of homework from this episode. Go become a founding member of the Hair of the Dog Academy and make sure you go and sign up so that you get updates about the competition when that launches on July 1st. That is all for season three of the Pet Photographers Club, but we will be back after a brief break for season four. We have lots of amazing interviews with experts and pet photographers lined up for you guys for season four, so it's going to be our best season yet. We can't wait to bring that to you. Um, Hope you enjoyed having a little double episode week this week. Hope all is going well in your business. As always, we would love to hear if you're implementing anything from the podcast and you know, it would make our day if you would leave a review. We would love to read those. They honestly put the biggest smile on our faces. That's all for now, but we'll be back soon. Bye.